with the help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daflametes. We left off on Daflametes, a medal of three lines from the top of the Amid, beginning with the new Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, Shoirish al Pikeach, an ox that belongs to a competent person. Shenogach Shoir, that Gordon ox that belongs to either a Chedesh, someone who was born both deaf and mute, halachically, a person who's born deaf and mute. Bizman Chazal is considered someone who is mentally underdeveloped, mentally incompetent. And by the way, as we mentioned many times, there is a big discussion amongst the current Paiskim that nowadays that we learn through new technologies how to communicate to a person who was born deaf-mute, how to allow them to communicate to us whether they still retain this halachic status of Chedesh, that's something that's discussed. But here in the Mishnah, Chedesh is someone who's considered someone underdeveloped. Or a shaita, or a person who's an imbecile, however that's defined, we'll leave that for another time. And, or a minor. So if our ox gored dear ox, then chayef, we're chayef. Betam, chatzi nezek, muad, nezek shalom. However, says the Mishnev, shel chede shaita v'katan. Shenogach shor shel pikeach. But if it was dear ox that did the goring, here says the Mishnev potter. And now it's very important for us to learn Rashi insight. So Rashi on top of the Mishnev, shor shel chede shenogach shor shel pikeach potter explains Rashi that the Gemara mefarish the aim ma'amidim apitrupes letam ligbois migufai. In other words, that first of all, Rashi is pointing out that you can't allow a society to have certain people who are mentally underdeveloped and therefore they will be completely exempt from what their animals do. You can't allow that to happen. What, so their animals can just go around and wreak havoc? So Bezden has a responsibility to appoint an apetropus, a guardian, to guard their animals. And this is the case of the Mishnah, that there was an apetropus. Nevertheless, the Mishnah is teaching you that if the animal is a tam, being that the payment of tam comes mi gufai, it is this payment that doesn't happen even by an apitropus. Let's continue reading Rashi inside at the end of the, the fourth wide line right above the Gemara. Aval beniske muot, continues Rashi now in the narrow lines. There mamidim apitropus l'shoyr hayusoymim. We're speaking about Ketanim meaning they're orphans, because if they're not orphans, let their father guard what they have. So they are Yusoyimim, and if Bezin appointed an Apitrupus, and their ox now is a Muad, now they do have to pay. Lihiyo is b'makim ha'ba'olim, and u'lekayim v'hu'ad b'va'ala. I mean, obviously the owners, here the Apitrupus has to be forewarned, and if that happened, v'goyve ha'nezek menichsi ha'karka shal Yusoyimim. So when the animal is a muad, you're going to be chayiv. Who is going to be chayiv the way Rashi says here? That the orphans will be chayiv. We'll see more of this in the Gemara. Avol Tam, continuing in Rashi, since the gavi yosoi mi gufehu, and the guf of the animal is metaltalin, says Rashi, ein ma'amid ma'apitrupus lekach. The apitrupus's appointment will not bring about this chayiv this is what the Mishnah is saying, Pater from Tam, back in the Mishnah. Now, the Mishnah says, Din number two, clause number two, and the way the Gemara initially understands this clause number two, which is the way we'll explain it, it's going to be a contradiction to clause number one, which will be the first issue the Gemara will address. Continues the Mishnah. Shoyr shol 
or a shoita, or the ox of a cotton, shenogach, says the Mishnah, Bezdin mamidim lahem apitropis. Bezdin is responsible to appoint guardians to watch over this goring ox. And umaidin lahem bifnei apitropis. As Rashi we just read pointed out, the Torah says, Bayimuad vuhu ad bivaolav, that the owner has to be forewarned. So the owner here is not competent, but the apitropis is in the place of the owner. And... Let's read inside the Rashi, the way the Havim, I'll say Rashi by heart, that Rashi says that the Gemara understands that Mamidim Lehem even to collect Tam Migufay, which then, if that would be the meaning of the Mishnah, it's Mama Shastira, this clause, with the first clause. So let's wait until we come to the beginning of the Gemara to clarify this second part of the Mishnah. Continues the Mishnah. What happens if Nispakeyach HaChedesh, if the Chedesh, uh, regains his hearing and his speech. Let me take that back. Not regains, if he gains, because he was born deaf and mute, and now, mitamol, he's healed. Or nishtapa hashaita. The imbecile, the halachic uh, imbecile, became uh, sane. The insane became sane. Or when the minor gets older, says the Mishnah, says Rabbi Meir, that chazar that the animal automatically reverts back to its tam status. Why? So the wordings that Chazal use is reshus mishana, meaning that if an animal that was already established as a muad, if he is going to go under a new jurisdiction that will alter his status and he's going to go back to being a tam. This is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. However, Rabbi Yoisi, Rabbi Yoisi holds that nisht harehu He doesn't hold that reshus mishana. If the animal is a muad, it remains a muad. Now it's important to speak out the following that we learned a few times already. The machlekes Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva is the Tana that holds that if an animal is a Tama and it does damage, and the Chatzineze comes Migufoi, that means that the Nizok automatically becomes a partner in the animal. So even though, even Lashitas Rav Meir that holds Rishus Mishana, Rishus Mishana will only be if the animal fully leaves the ownership of the initial Mazik, and it goes into a fully new owner, here's where you say, Rishus Mishana. But if an animal who is going to be Mazik, Lerabakiva, who automatically gains a partner, if the partner's new jurisdiction, on top of the initial one, in partnership with the initial one, if it would change the status of an animal, you would never have an animal that would become a muad. Now it's interesting to point out, and we learned this a lot in Hasidus, the concept that, by the mobble that the animals got punished. Why were they punished? Because they are extensions of people. In other words, it's shaykh that an animal is being a mazik because the owner is a mazik. And therefore, if he leaves the ownership of the initial owner when he belongs to someone else, so there is an aliyah, if the new owner is at sadik, so the animal gets elevated. So therefore, he goes back to his original, uh, to his original status of atam, and that is again, machlik, that is a sheet of rabmei. Continues the Mishnah. Shoir ho'itstadin, look at the words today, comes all from Lashon Kodesh, that an ox that, that was trained to entertain in a stadium, fighting oxen or fighting men, and it killed a person, says the Mishnah, Eina chayev misa, the, the ox is not chayev misa. The rule is that if the animal kills, even if it's a tam, ha'shoir yisakal, sakal yisakal ha'shoir. 
So the din of an animal being chayiv misa because it killed does not refer to an animal that was instigated to kill, that was trained and then instigated and the, you know, did what it was trained to do. Shenemar as it says, ki yigach, in the parsha of Hashur Yisakel, meaning veloi sheyagichu, not an ox that was compelled to gore. There is a big discussion amongst the Rishonim, amongst the Achreinim, Forget about the animal. The Mishnah says the animal doesn't get killed. What about nezik that the animal does? What type of responsibility do you have in the owner? And there's many, it's complex. What was the situation? Was the owner responsible? Could have he prevented it? Could he not have prevented it? At least, will the animal re- maybe the animal will remain a tam because it was instigated to go over That's a very big discussion. So now let's begin with the Gemara. As we pointed out, when we learned the Mishnah, we learned the Mishnah the way we learned it in the Havamina, which made the Resha, and the next case, mamash contradict each other. Frek the Gemara, ha, gufar kashem, omrat shorishol cheirish shaitivikotan, the first clause in the Mishnah, shenagach shorishol pikeach, says the Mishnah Potter. Alma, in other words, what is the Mishnah teaching us? Like we learned that Rashi inside, that ain ma'amidim apitrupis litam ligbois migufai, that Bezdin, who has to appoint an apitrupis, but that appointment will not make the animal or the owner or the guardian of the animal be responsible to pay for the chatzin nezik that comes out migufai. Amos Seifat says right afterwards that shoyrishul chedish, or a shoyta, or a cotton shenagach, Bezdin ma'amidim lehem apitrupis. And as the Mishnah quoting here from the words of the Mishnah, and the Apetrupos is going to be the one in front of whom you'll fulfill the Vahuad Bivaolov. Bivaolov meaning the one who is in charge of guarding the animal. Alma, it appears from the second clause in the Mishnah, that Ma'amidim Lahem Apetrupos, even Latam, Ligbais Megufai. Answers the Gemara, This is what the Mishnah means in the second clause, that that if the animal becomes established as a goring animal, we'll explain this in a moment, then Ma'amidim Lahem Apitrupis Bezin is responsible to appoint a guardian. And if when the animal gores, they forewarned Apitropus, hey, your animal is goring. And not that that will obligate the Chatzin Nezek, Tam, Migufai, but that will establish the animal that if that happened three times, now the animal will become a Muad. Umeshavin and meaning that the Chihadar Venagach, if it gores afterwards, now Lishalem, Mihoaliyah, now you have to pay Mihoaliyah. In other words, in Astoisvus points out that when the Gemara says that im if the animals became known as goring animals, it's not pshat that the apetropus is going to be appointed after it was established. And if it already happened a few times, it will right away go into the status of mut. It can't mean that. First of all, we just learned Rab Meir that holds that the moment the animal goes under a new jurisdiction, and that even means not a new owner, but once it goes into a jurisdiction of an apetropus that was not present before, that's called a new jurisdiction. And as we'll see later, likewise, if the animal was under the guardianship of an apetropus, and then, let's say, the minor becomes an adult, so it goes now under the real owner, that's also called a shinoi reshus. And if reshus meshana, then the animal will not become a muad. And the meaning that Toysavus explains in the Gemara is, is that based on when they notice that this animal has a tendency to gore, 
And being that the owner is a chedesh or a shaitan or a katan, again, you can't allow a community, you can't allow a society where there is just mazikin running around and no one is responsible to pay for the damages, so then they'll keep on damaging. So they appoint the apetropis, and under the guardianship of the apetropis, it will become a mot. It gored once, you tell the apetropis. It gored twice, you tell the apetropis. And for those gorings of tam, taka, you don't pay. You don't pay me gufay. But when it becomes a mu'ad, then you pay ma'aliyam. And now the Gemara has to clarify ma'aliyasman. Good. Who is the one that has to pay when it becomes a mu'ad? And here we have a machleka samiroin. Rabbi Yechanan says ma'aliyas yisoyimin. Yeah, it belongs to the yasim. True, they are not competent. They are minor, chedesh, or shaita. Okay, the guardian who did what he could will get more details later. So if there has to be someone paying, it's going to go out from the state of the assignment. Rabbi Yisrael says, Now before we go on, explaining what is their machleikis, asks the Gemarim, How can Rabbi Yisrael be the one saying that the Yisraelim are the ones that have to foot the bill? In the name of Rav Asi, a rule. That Ain is cocking, that Beisdin does not involve itself. To extract monetary payments from the estate of minor orphans, Ella Imkain, only if Ribis Oichelas Bohen, that if there is a debt, and the debt, let's say, is to a guy, and therefore Ribis is being paid, and they are now having to pay back the Ribis, there is where Basin will get involved. To help, to help the assignment, you know, settle the loan, so it should not eat up their estate. But if not for that reason, you always wait until they are adults. So how can Abu Yechanan be the one that says, Ma'aliyas Yisoyimin, implying Tanim? We never do that. This is, a, this is a debt. This is a monetary debt from Nezik. So it can't be that he said it. And how do we know that Rabbi Yechanan agrees with Rabbi Yisib Rabchanino? I'm sorry, how do, how do we know that he agrees with Rabbi Maravasi? So Zigamar says that Rabbi Yechanan added to the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda Maravasi agreeing with the concept. But Rabbi Ravasi only spoke about a case where there's ribis. So he added, there's another case. As we mentioned, and as we learned in Masechtik Subas, that when a woman becomes a widow, she is allowed to continue living off the state of her deceased husband, having the same lifestyle she had while the husband was living, she only loses the right after she collects her ksuba. Once a woman collects her ksuba, she can no longer live off the estate. So that's another scenario where it is to the advantage of the orphans that she gets paid out her ksuba. Because if not, the keren, the principle, will be, so to say, consumed by the widow. So Rabbi Yechanan agrees with the shita. So because of this apparent contradicting, contradiction, says the Gemara Eipech, the machlekes that we have between Rabbi Yechanan and Rabbi Yesi Rabchanina, we got it wrong. Rabbi Yechanan was the one that said, Malias Apitrops, and the Apitrops and have to pay. And Rabbi Yesi Rabchanina was the one that said, Malias Simon. To which says, Rabba, Mishum, Dekashe, the Rabbi Yechanan, the Rabbi Yechanan, because Rabbi Yechanan was contradicting himself. Is Mishabis Leil Rabbi Yesi Rabchanina Toya? So therefore, how did you resolve it? You said, ah, Rabbi Yechanan was the one that says from the Apitrops. But what Rabbi Yisibar Abchanino, Rabbi Yisibar Abchanino, it makes sense what the shita, that you should not be niskak in the lichsa yisayimim, unless there is a keren loss, which is not the case in Mazik over here. So why would he be the one saying from the yisayimim? 
And he was a dying. So you don't resolve it by throwing a faulty opinion on Rabbi Yosef Rabchanina. And therefore, I like Tepech because whatever logic you'll have to give to explain the Shita, if it works for Rabbi Yosef Rabchanina, so leave it the way we had, which is Rabbi Yosef is the one that said it. And Mazik is different, which is an important rule. In other words, we cannot, when you have an animal that does damage, it's good for the welfare of the public that the Nezak should be paid for. And it's important. It's not only important for the Nizak, it's important for the whole society. So therefore, here there's an exception, Rabbi Yechanan will hold, that you demanded from the Yisayman. But Rabbi Yechanan, Amram, Ali, Yisayman. And why he goes it a step further that the money has to be paid, that's a need for the whole benefit of the society. But on the other hand, why don't you say, let the Apitropus pay? That will also save the society because if someone has to foot the bill, they'll make sure it doesn't do damage. Because the E Amrat Ma'aliyas Apitrupus says Rabbi Echanan, if it's going to come out of the estate, the wallet of the Apitrupus, turning to the Aflamatasamid base, is Mimna E Voloi Avdi. And Apitrupus will never accept the appointment. In other words, there is a certain amount of COVID that one gets. Everyone knows that Bezdin trusted Chaim Yankel to be the Apitrupus. Okay, COVID is nice. But up until a point, if he's going to have to be the one responsible to pay for the damage, he's going to recuse, he's going to refuse becoming an apotropis. So here there was no option other than putting it back on the Nixa Yusayimim. I ain't a skokin. No, Nezek has to be paid to prevent other damages from happening. Now Rabbi Yisib Rabchanino holds that you can collect it, Malias apotropis. I, Rabbi Yechlin, has a fear that no one will allow himself to become an apotropist. So in the case of a cotton, where the cotton will become a gadol, that is where Rabbi Yisib Rabchanina says, you collected from the apotropist, because they won't refuse of becoming an apotropist, because sooner or later, you know, if they're nine, you've got to wait four years. If they're 12, one year. It's just a question of time when they will become adults and then the apotropos will be collected from the assignment. And as the many Yashayim point out, this logic is only on the cotton. It doesn't go on the chedesh or the shaita, which normally, why would we say they're going to get better? Another very important detail, we mentioned it on Ahmed Aleph, is that, yeah, machlekes amaraim, menichse yasayim or menichse apotropos. There has to be a case well, that if the Apitrupus was very negligent, it's not fair to say that the Yisraelim should have to pay. So that we're, not, we're not talking about a case where there, was a, where there was negligence on behalf of the Apitrupus. On the other hand, we have to remember, and we'll learn this on this Ahmed, that aside of the din of Adam Hamuad, that Adam is Muad, Lo'aylam, Oynes, Ratzon, Shoyge, Gomezid, when my money is the one that does the damage, if I'm an Oynes, meaning if I was not negligent at all, then I'm like a potter. So there, there's a lot of discussion here amongst the Mepharshim to point out exactly what is the scenario in which it's not for sure the Apotropos. On the other hand, it's not going to be the Yosayimim, and where you have this Machlekes, uh, Rabbi Echanan, and Rabbi Yosayim, Rabbi Chanina. Well, let's move on. Says the Gemara, that that which we established when we learned the Resh of the Mishnah and how we further 
emphasize that when we learn the second clause in the Mishnah, that our Mishnah holds that in as much as if an animal is an animal that potentially can be a mazik, there is an achrayis and based into a point in a petrupus. And after the animal becomes a muad, after their appointment, so then money has to be paid, whether it is the assignment or the petrupus, but when the animal is still a tam, we learned in our Mishnah that we don't collect the chatzin nezik migufoy during that phase. Says the Gemara now that Uma'amidim lehem apitrupasin, letam ligmais migufoy, that we learned that we don't collect it migufoy, you should know that's really a machlekes tanoim. And as we'll see here, that our Mishnah is only das sumchis, and the Chachamim disagree with, the, with what we learned in our Mishnah, the Chachamim disagree with sumchis. The Tanya we learned in Abrais. Shoirish and Ischarshu Ba'alof. If an ox belongs to an owner who is deaf mute, or Vinishtatu Ba'alof, where the owner became an imbecile, or if the owner Pashid went away, Shaholchu Ba'alof Lamdiminasayam, and then the ox gored. So Yehuda ben Mekusa says in the name of Sumchos, Harehu Bitamusai Achiyo Idu Bai Bifneha Ba'alim. That the animal remains a tam, can never become a muad. Because to become a muad, you have to have huad biva'alav. The owners are not here or they're not mentally here. Now, hold on. Before we go on to whether there was an apitrupus pointed or not, let's just finish the chachamim say that mamidim lahem apitrupus. You do appoint an apitrupus, and they are in the place of the ba'alav, umeidim lahem befein apitrupus. Now, what is the first tana? Yehuda, Ben Akusa, Amar Sumchas, what will he say in the case of an Apetrupis? It's not clear yet. But let's learn to the next din in the Braisa, and the second din of the Braisa will clarify the first case of the Braisa. So continues the Braisa, case number two. Now, Nispakeach HaChedesh, if the Chedesh becomes, he regains his intelligence, Nishtapa HaShaita, the insane becomes sane, or, and the Higdal HaKotan, if the minor becomes an adult, or if he traveled and now ubo ba'olav medina sayam. So here again, Yehuda ben Nekusa Amar, in the name of Sumchos, chazar litamusoi achi idu bifnei That the animal reverts to a state of tamus. Now hold on, think a second. If in the first case of the Brais, we're speaking about an animal that who, who, who became the owner became insane or is not here. The Mishnah says the animal cannot become a tam, cannot become a muad, because there is never v'huad b'va'alav. So when he returns, that the same sumchas is saying, chazar litamusay, namish doesn't make sense. And as the Gemara is going to point out in a second, is a raya, that according to sumchas, even if you appointed an apetrupus, then tam, he won't have to pay, but a muad, we'll see, he, do, he will have to pay. And now that will make sense that in the second clause, even though you pointed an apotropus and he became responsible after the animal became a muad, now that the owner came back, so it goes out from the jurisdiction of the apotropus, it goes back to the owner's jurisdiction. If you hold Rishus Mishana, then Chazal Letamusai, and Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Hareo Becheskosai, Rabbi Yossi, as the Gemara is going to say, doesn't hold Rishus Mishana. So even though it was under the jurisdiction of an apotropus, and now it goes back under the jurisdiction of its original owner, nothing changed. If the animal is a muad, it remains a muad. Now, yeah, we learned in that Chav Gimel Amit Beis, 
any muad can go back to becoming a tam. But you have to follow the guidelines that we learned in Chavgim Alamid Beis, but it's not enough just that it went under the new jurisdiction of the owner. So now the Gemara analyzes, as he spoke out, what exactly is the case of the Brais. When Sumcha said in the first case of the Brais that the animal remains a tam, what exactly are we speaking about? If he meant that the animal cannot become a muad, that he holds, as we'll see, Rishus Mishana. So when the owner comes back and it would go, when it goes out of the jurisdiction of the Apotropus, back under the guardianship of the, of the owner, the animal becomes, goes back to being a Tam. Going back implies Michlal the Iyad. But if Sumchus in the first clause is telling you that the animal can never become a Mu'ad, how can it regain its Tamo status? It's never left its Tamo status. Elot must mean, Elamai Hareu Betamusai. It means, Hareu Betmi Musai Tulemachasrinamai. It means, first of all, for an animal to become a muad, you need the Behuad Bevalov. So it must be in the first clause of the Mishnah, Sumchas, like the Chachamim, and as common sense dictates, again, you can't allow a certain person to have an animal that's going around goring. Even if that person is halachically not responsible for the animal, so now what? That animal should have a free pass? It's chaos. So avade that there's a there's a communal obligation to appoint apetropus, which is what happened. So they appointed an apetropus. Nevertheless, Sumchus is saying that the animal will never lose its value. When an animal does damage by Tom and the owner collects Chatzinezek Migufai, so the owner, even according to Rabbi Yishmael, that he's not a partner in Isaac, but he pays him money Migufai. In other words, there's a lien on the Gufai. He never fully owns it anymore. He'll have to pay from its value. And when it gored again and again to become a muad, the owner, the original owner, has less and less value in the ox. But the vart of sumchas is, is that there is never a chiv to pay for tam, as we learned in our Mishnah. So when the animal becomes a muad, from then on, you have to pay me'aliyah. Whether the aliyah is aliyah sayyusaymin, whether the aliyah is the aliyah of the apetrupasin, but the animal itself remains fully under the ownership of the owner. Alma, we see from, from Sumchas, Ein Ma'amidim Apetrumas Letam Ligbois Megufoy, which is the sheet of the Tananar Mishnah. However, that is exactly the Machlekes in the Braisom, that the Chachamim Oimrim Ma'amidim Lahem Apetrupas, Uma'amidim Lahem Bifnei Apetrupas, and they have to pay, the Chachamim are not saying here that you only have to pay when the animal is a mut, because then the Chachamim won't be arguing with Sumchas. So the Chachamim disagree with the sheet that we learned in our Mishnah, and they hold that once there is an apetrupis, then you pay chatzinezek mei gufai alma meidim ma'amidim apetrupis letam ligbois mei gufai. So now that we clarify the ratio, so now what is the machlekes in the sefer of this brayso? As we spoke out, the sefer the Michael Mifligi. So the machlekes is letam ligbois. Does the new jurisdiction alter or does it reset the status of the animal? Sumchus holds, like we had in our Mishnah, Tanar Abmeir, that Rishus Mishana. And it's not that you need a new owner, but it is under whose jurisdiction. And if it fully leaves, as we spoke out in the Mishnah, 
if it fully leaves the jurisdiction of one owner going into a new owner or new owners, then it reverts back to Tom, which is why he says in the Braisa, Chatzinezek, Rabbi Yaisi holds, Rishu Seinem Hashanah. Once the animal became a muad, and it became a muad even according to Sumchas, it becomes a muad according to everyone if there was an owner, if there was an apetrupas in front of whom you gave a forewarning, then it can only go back to be a tam, as we learned in Chav Gimel Amud Beis, it has to have opportunities to go, and it doesn't, or we had that case in the Mishnah, where children are, are inciting the animal, and it doesn't react. Oh, now, continues the Gemara. We learned in Abrais. Shoir, that belongs either to a Chedesh, or a Shaita, or a Katan Shenogach. The Abrais doesn't speak about Tamar Muad. Rabbi Yaakov Mishalem Chatzinezik. Rabbi Yaakov pays half an Ezek. So first, the Gemara asks, Rabbi Yaakov Mayavivite. Rabbi Yaakov pays half an Ezek. What did he do wrong? Ella, what the Braise means, Rabbi Yaakov holds, Rabbi Yaakov Omer, that in that case, the owner pays Chatzinezek. Efshir al-Derech Tzachos, what was even the Havamina? That Rabbi Yaakov, by Yaakov Avinu, Loimeis, Mazare Bachayim, Afu Bachayim, is unique by Yaakov Avinu. And, and, and therefore, if there is a scenario where the, the Zaroi, the animal, did damage, so then the one who is paying for it, it goes to Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu is the one that's paying for it. But anyway, the Gemara says that can't be Yaakov. Who is Rabbi Yaakov to pay for it? It means he holds that you have to pay Chatzinezek. And the Braisa. We'll call this Braisa number one because we're going to have Braisa number two on this Amit. So now the Gemara asks, the Mai asking on what is the case of this Braisa? Ibetam. And for that, you have to pay Chatzinezek, Pshitom. Let's read inside the Toysviz, Divriya Matzchel, Ibetam, Pshitom. It's the second Toysviz, but the first whole Toysviz in this Amid. So one second, why is it Pshita, asks Toysviz. We just learned that there is a Machlekes Tanoim, whether when you have an Apetrupis over an animal of Cheder Shaitiv Akatan, whether there is a payment for Tam, Migufa, you're not. Maybe not like we learned in our Mishnah, not like Sumchas, like the Chachamim. So says Toysvis that here the Gemara doesn't accept it because Imkain Misne Rabbi Yaakov Rabbi Yaakov should have said you're chayiv to pay. How much are you chayiv to pay? It's self-understood. You know you chayiv to pay. Tam Chatzinezik Muad Nezik Shalom. Very good. Let's back, go back on the Gemara. So the Gemara doesn't accept now that we're speaking about a Tam because there's no novelty of Chatzinezek by Tam. So says the Gemara that the Kolamanami Chatzinezek on the Mishalim Aveibamuot. One second, Amuot Chatzinezek doesn't doesn't make sense. The only answer will be because, as we just mentioned before, that by Adam is takamuot la'olam, even if he did everything he could have done if there was no negligence. But when it comes to a man being responsible for the nezek of his property, or when it comes to Apatropas being responsible for the damage that he, that, from the property that he's watching over, so we have to understand whether there was negligence or not. If he watched it properly, and what happened was an oinus, so then not only don't you pay nezek sholem, you should not have to pay chatzin nezek either. And if shmir was not done, 
Then Kulinezek boy, Shlume, how do you have Katinezek the first time by Yamuad? So Rava comes along with a Gavaldika answer, and he's going to put together a few dinim which will show us how even by Yamuad this will be a case where you pay Katinezek. How do you get it? So Amar Rava like this. The first time that we mentioned this was just a few daf ago, daf Dalid, I think, daf Dalid, Beis, that we brought down Amachlekes Tanoim, which we're going to have again over here, and daf Mem, and later, and the Amachlekes is like this, what's going to happen if a person, what we will call, does a minor ta- job of guarding one's animal. That would mean that you locked it in a pen, and the door is closed. A average wind cannot blow the door open, but the unusual wind has the kayak of blowing the door open. And the unusual wind came, and it blew the door open. So the, the, the Rabbi Yehuda holds that there is a difference between a tam and a mu'ad. And as the Gemara mentioned on the Flamadal or Damid Beis, that's learned out from Sukkim. That as far as the Chatzin Nezek Tam is concerned, here will be the only case that a Tam is more Chomor than a Muad. The owner has to pay the Chatzin Nezek. Why does he have to pay? Because a Shmira Pechusa, a lesser amount of guarding is not enough. You have to pay, like the din of every, you know, every, every Tam. But when it comes to the din of Muad Nezek Shalom, since Shmira you had, for this you'll be considered an Oynis and you won't have to pay at all. That's the shita of Rabbi Yehuda. So bear that in mind. That's one thing. And Rabbi Yaakov, Savarlaki Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yaakov will hold like Rabbi Yehuda when it comes to another statement that we learned, and that's Yud Ches, we're going way back now, that says, Tsa Tamus This is Gavaldik, and the, the din of Rabbi Yehuda is the following, that even though we know from the Psukim and the Torah, Tam Chatzinezek Migufay. Once an animal becomes a muad, Nezek Shalom, Rabbi Yehuda views a muad as a Tam plus. It's not that once the animal becomes a muad, you pay Nezek Shalom and you pay Minho Aliyah. It's a whole new type of animal. Even after the animal becomes a muad, we view halachically the animal, it's a Tam, and on top of that, it's a muad. Meaning, you have to pay Nezek Shalom. But what part of the Nezek Shalom comes, Minho Aliyah, only the second half of Nezik, the original Chatzin Nezik, that you are obligated to pay even when the animal is considered a Tam, that still continues to be paid like the payment of a Tam, which is Me Gufay. And we'll apply this to here in a moment. Vesavar And so Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Huda, Sam Tamos, Muad is a Tam plus. And Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Huda that we just mentioned, that Muad Sagalib Shmira Pchusam, that as far as a Muad is concerned, if you guarded it in a lesser level of guardianship, then you will be exempt for the dinam of a Muad. It's in a halt cup. So if a person did a Shmira Pchusam, and the animal still gored, and Rabbi Huda Taka says that your Patir, but now put one and one together. When you hold, like Rabbi Yaakov also holds, like the other din of Rabbi Yehuda, that a tam is a, a muad is a tam plus, the ptur of Shmira Pachusa by a muad is only for the second half of payment. For the first half of payment, we view that as a tam. For that, Shmira Pachusa is not enough. So, Gavaldik, so here you're going to have to pay the Chatzin Nezik, the first half of Nezik. But hold on. We also learned there's a machlekes tanoim, whether a apetrupis to begin with is mechoyev to pay migufay by tam. And now the sabar law, Rabbi Yaakov will also hold like the chachamim. 
Not like our Mishnah, not like Sumchas. The Omri, like we learned in the Brayis on the Flametes on the top, that they hold Mamidim Apitrupas Latam Ligmais Megufayim. So now Rava has a gewaldic way of explaining the Brayis, the first Brayis of Rabbi Yaakov, that it can be a case where the animal was not under the guardianship of the owner, it's under the guardianship of an Apitrupas. And the end, he made a Shmidom. And since we hold that a muad is a tam plus, so the leniency of Shmira Pachusa by muad only goes to the second half. So you still have to pay Nezek Shalom for the first half, even though you have an apetrupis, because we go like the Chachamim. That's amazing. Omalei Abaya challenges Abaya to Rava. How can you explain the first brice of Rabbi Yaakov? Based on Rabbi Yaakov's holding like Rabbi Yehuda in both dinam that we mentioned. Veloy pligi, do they not argue? Vahatanya, we learned Braisa number two, we'll call it. Shor Shulchere, Shoitevikot, and Shinogach. Mamish, it sounds like this case. Here the Braisa brings down Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaakov. Says the Braisa, Rabbi Yehuda Mechayev. And Rabbi Yaakov says, Chatzin Ezekudemeshalim. Which seems that Rabbi Yehuda is holding Yechayev, Nezek Sholim, however you'll explain it. Bottom line is, is that Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda argue. That Rava's answer in explaining Braisa number one was predicated on Rabbi Yaakov holding completely like Rabbi Yehuda. So do they or do they not argue? Answers the Gemara, Amar Rabba Barula, you should know that Braisa number two is not recording a Machloikis. Rabbi Yehuda says Chayiv. Rabbi Yaakov explained what Rabbi Yehuda meant. That the Bryson number two, who didn't mention Tamar Muad, is speaking about Muad. And here you have the million dollar question Muad Chatzinazek, how can it be? So that's the whole point. So Rabbi Yaakov was explaining that it has to be Machayev Chatzinazek because there was a Shmira Psucha, Pachusa, and Shmira Pachusa for a Muad is exempt. But since a Muad is a Tam plus, you have to pay the Chatzinazek of the Tam part in the Muad. And because for that, a shmira pechusa is not enough, and you're mechayev gavaldik. Now Abaya challenged Rava. Abaya held that they do have a machlokes to Amri pligi. So how will Abaya? How did Abaya understand Braisa number two? that the Braisa number two was also speaking about a mod. And veloy not and there wasn't any level of guardianship. In other words, the owner is going to be chayef to pay because by shmira pechusa, Rabbi Yehuda holds the owner's potter. So he bechalde, he left the door open. Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yehuda bechade, upalikalel bechade explains Abayim. So like Rabbi Yehuda bechade, meaning the ilu Rabbi Yehuda holds tam tamuz b'mekayma imedes. To which Rabbi Yaakov agrees, however, because Rabbi Yehuda holds Rabbi Yehuda is the one that holds like the Chachamim of the Brais we had on top of Ahmed. Rabbi Yehuda is the one that doesn't agree with Sumchus. He holds that even by a Tam, a Apetrupas has to pay. So Halkop, since there was no Shmira at all, so you have to pay. And true that a muad is a tam plus, so what? Sai for the tam you have to pay, because mamidim apetrupas even for tam, and for muad for sure you have to pay, lukula alma you have to pay. So that's what Abi Huda and Braisa number two says, you have to pay nezek shalim. That's what he meant. However, according to Abaya, this is great. Rabbi Yaakov holds, ain't mamidim. 
that you don't appoint an apotropis and have the, uh, the chatzin nezik being paid megufay. That Rabbi Yaakov holds like sumchas and like our Mishnah. And therefore Rabbi Yaakov holds that in such a case, you only have to pay chatzin nezik. Which chatzin nezik? Not the chatzin nezik of the tam. You have to pay the chatzin nezik of the muad. V'leim yishalom elapalga the muad. Great. Now, the Omar Pligi that the Machlekes between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov holds that you cannot appoint an apotropist for there to be a chiyuv on the tam. Then it makes sense. Why did we explain the first b'raisa that we're speaking about and what? Because we can't be speaking about a tam. Because Rabbi Yaakov holds that you can't appoint an apotropis for a tam to obligate the chiyuv of the chatzinezik by a tam. But according to Ravam, that Ravah holds like pligi, that even Rabbi Yaakov also holds, not like our Mishnah, but that you could appoint a apotropis and he will be, therefore, there will be a chiyuv to pay the chatzinezik migufai. So now let's understand why did we have to explain Bryson number one? So complicated. Why not? Turning to that memamadalif. And either, why will he hold that you have to pay chatzinezik? Because the avadla shmira pechusa. And Rabbi Yehuda holds that as far as a Tom is concerned, you guarding it with a lesser level of guardianship, you're not off the hook, which is why you have to pay the Chatzinezek. And again, the Chatzinezek you have to pay according to Rava, according to Rabbeinu Yaakov, who holds that you could appoint an apotropis for the payment of Chatzinezek Megufai. And even if you're going to tell me that Rabbeinu Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov doesn't agree with Rabbi Yehuda, but he holds like Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, that holds that just like Shmira Pachusa is good enough to exempt the owner of a Muad from all payment, it's good enough, it's only a Ruach Metsuya, people don't have to worry about unusual wins, and if they make this sort of lesser guardianship, they'll be exempt to pay the Chatzinezek as well. Okay, so then when their Abraisa speaks about Rabbi Yaakov that says that there's a chiyuv, it's speaking about a normal case when the owner is chayiv to pay, which is the loy of a leishmira klal. The tanya, and where do we find this sheet of Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Echotam ve Echot Mot, that if Sheshamran Shmira Pachusa, since they guarded it, and if nothing out of the ordinary would have happened, the animal would not be able to leave its closed area and it would not do damage, so then the owner or that Petrupus is Petrupus. Okay, so learn the b'raisa of Ahakamashmulan. Now let's go back. The b'raisa, Taka didn't mention Tamar Mu'ad, and we Taka learned Toysavus when we learned the Flamatessa on base. And Toysavus pointed out that if all Rabbi Yaakov wants to tell you is that you're Chayef for, for Chatzin Nezek for Tam, let him just say Chayef. So says the Gemara, no, the point of Rabbi Yaakov saying you're Chayef to pay Chatzin Nezek was to emphasize that the ma'amidim lahem apitrupasin letam ligbais migufay. Since we learned in our Mishnah, and now we found out it's takas sumchas, but we learned in our Mishnah that there is no chatzi payment by a tam that's being guarded by an apitrupas. So Rabbi Yaakov said clearly chatzi nezek. He wanted to emphasize that a tam still has to pay because he holds like the chachamim who disagree with sumchas, who hold that even for a tam, the appointmentship of an apitrupas is valid enough for there to be a chiyuv to pay the chatzinezik migufay of the animal. And maybe that's what, the, what, what Rabbi Yaakov meant. 
So Amale answers, the Gemara answers Ravam, that Hachi Kamar. Listen, don't forget that Rava, who explained Braisa number two, that Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda are of the same opinion. And according to Rava, the beauty of explaining Braisa number one, that it's speaking about Amuad, it's Datka because, only because Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yehuda, not only in one din, but in both dinim, it Taka works out. That if the animal is a Muad, in this case, you'll only have to pay Chatsi Nezik because there was a Shmira, Pechusa, and because a Muad is a Tam Plus, and because you can appoint a guardianship. So that's why he established the Braisa Dafka in the case of a Muad. Because it fits, and it makes the Braisa coming and showing us a big novelty. It's a huge Chiddush that there is a scenario by a Muad, you only pay Chatsi Nezik. That since the is Tarta Taima, it's going to be a brisa that can only be explained by a mud. Based on Rabbi Yaakov's holding in both cases, like Rabbi Yehuda, Rava prefers to dafka interpret the brisa that way. But true, he agrees with the one who asked the question. The same din will be also by a, by a tam. Since Rabbi Yaakov holds that you could appoint an apetropis, that if a tam does damage, then you got to pay chatzinezek. Now Ravina, Omar, Ravina is going back now to the Bryson number two. And here there's a Machlekes, or it appears to have a Machlekes, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaakov. And now Rav explained that they both, Rabbi Yaakov is just explaining what is Shittas Rabbi Yehuda. When he said Chayvi only meant Chatzinezek. Here Ravina disagrees with that interpretation. And he explains the Bryson. That when there's a machlekes, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaakov, whether you chayv or whether you only chayv chatzinezek, it's regarding the din of Rishus Mishana. In other words, the, 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 the situation was, is that the animal already became a muad. But after the animal became the muad, either the minor became an adult, or the owner returned, or the imbecile became an intelligent v'chule, and therefore it went under this new jurisdiction. So Rabbi Yehuda says, you're still chayv. Because he doesn't hold of the din of Rishus Mishana. But Rabbi Yaakov says Chatzinezek because he holds, like we had on our Mishnah, that Rishus is Mishana. Givaldik. That Ikebenayu, Kigoyin, the Havamut, the animal became a mut. And now, Venispakeach Achedesh, or Venistapa Hashoita, or Behigdalakotan, as we learned in this Dav. On this, Rabbi Yehuda holds, even though it went under a new guardian, went away from the Apetrupas back to an owner, or it went into a new guardianship. Nevertheless, Areo Bechaskasi. We don't hold Rishus Mishana. And Ab Yaakov holds, like we learned in our Mishnah, that Rishus Mishana. Which is why he says, you pay Chatzinezek, and this is the way you should explain the Braisa and the Machlekes between Rabbi Yehuda and Ab Yaakov. We Sashem to be continued.